Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and joining me on this episode is Angela Cheng Samini, SVP Talent and CHRO over at Harvard Business Publishing. Angela is a global executive HR leader with over 30 years of comprehensive experience in both generalist and specialist competencies, partnering with C-suite leaders. She's also a proven contributor to the business strategy by helping leaders identify and build organizational capabilities. With expertise in change management, org development, talent acquisition, and DEI, Angela's industry experience includes consumer products, high-tech, manufacturing, professional services, and non-profit in non-union and organized facilities. Angela, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the HR Chat Show today. Bill, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. So beyond my reintroduction there, why don't you take a minute or two and tell our listeners a bit more about yourself? Yeah, happy to. So I'm a 30-year career HR professional. actually studied it in university. Um, And uh, my career trajectory is probably most notable in that I haven't been able to hold down a job for longer than three years, Bill, before I got wanderlust and moved on to the next thing. Um, But I think what it has provided for me is a really rich tapestry in terms of my background. I've been with large global multinationals, um, small nonprofits, startups, organizations that are mature, that are in decline. Um, And I think what I've learned is that HR is applicable regardless of the industry or sector or or life cycle phase, um, because so long as you know how to inspire employees and give them a place where they can have value, uh, that's really sort of the magic, isn't it? I love that answer. Is is that why you do it then, Angela? Uh, to, 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 <laughs> well, maybe it is. Maybe that's that sounds like that's a big motivation for you, inspiring others, uh, looking to bring the best out of them. Is, is is that your passion? It is. It absolutely is. Although I don't, I don't plan on leaving every three years. So I hope if my current employer is listening, uh, please know that I am, I am really committed. <laughs> I love actually the work that we do at Harvard Business Publishing. As you know, we're best known for the magazine, and um, it's it is a is a noble place to be um, to be so credible. Um, and thought of as a real leader in the space of leadership. And um, I get my geek on every day because I'm surrounded by people who want to talk about how to make organizations as good as they can be for the people who populate them. So I had a little taste. I, I was in the publishing world from, um, we had, we had a, a tech startup and cool. uh, and we used to uh, exhibits at things like the uh, Frankfurt Book Fair and uh, the London Book Fair in New York and whatnot. And I uh, got to interact with lots of lovely people in the publishing mm-hmm. industry. I, I think they are particularly nice people, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what's unique about that sector, that industry, from a people management perspective? Oh, so, you know, I think one of my first observations, because this is my first foray into publishing, was that um, we still have vestiges of our roots, which is to say, we need to get everything perfect. 
right? When you're in publishing, you iterate and you edit and goes through several series of red lines and a hundred pair of eyes before anything is fit for publishing. And I think what we're learning now is that we have to be much more comfortable with the messy middle, right? Just being much more agile, throwing something out there that's, you know, two thirds baked and then iterating on the fly. Um, so I think there's a little bit um, still in our DNA that says it's got to be live for prime time and getting much more comfortable with let's let's try it and see what works. Fail fast, fail forward. Um, so I think that's what struck me the most about uh, publishing today. Another fantastic answer. Well done. Uh, OK, so uh, co-written with your colleague, Nicole D. Smith. Uh, by the way, I was all over your profile over che earlier, checking over uh, your <laughs> recent posts and what's been popular and what you've been getting up to and whatnot. So you co-wrote a piece with with Nicole and it was called How to Become More Visible at Work. And it's yes. attracted lo lots of attention, lots and lots of shares and likes and all the rest of it. Uh, the premise of the article is that the, the impact of, of your work needs to be visible to others. Can you share some ways that others can become more visible at work? Yeah, so I think this piece, so Nikki actually approached me um, and it was originally intended really for sort of more early career, less seasoned, less politically savvy professionals. And I think the reason that the piece resonated for me is, um, has a lot to do with my cultural heritage, Bill. Um, you know, Asian Americans tend to be real believers in meritocracy, that if you just keep your head down, eventually someone's going to tap you on the shoulder and anoint you for the next big job. And what we find is that time and time again, we're actually not really well served by that mentality, that there has to be some fluency and comfort with self-promotion. And I think for a lot of people that strikes them as really distasteful. And what the article is intended to do is really demystify what it means to make yourself and your work more visible. Um, it's not necessarily being, you know, the squeaky wheel, but it is raising your hand. It is asking for the more visible opportunities to showcase your work. It is about partnering up with the movers and shakers and decision makers in your organization. It is about networking um, because it's not enough to just do good work. It has to be seen and valued by others so that they recruit you for the next big opportunity. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, We'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. I love it. And that's why you are where you are today, uh, because you are success-driven <laughs> and kudos to you. So follow up on that one. Um, in, in the post, you, one, one thing you mentioned is how to know what's top of mind for key stakeholders, to, how to understand what's going on in your boss's mm. head is another way of putting that, I guess. Yes. How, how can one then better better listen? Can, how can they better learn? You mentioned networking there. How can they better network, be in the, in the right places at the right times and position themselves to 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 be seen to be adding value to the work of those powerful decision makers in the organization. Tell us about that. Well, networking certainly has become so much more difficult now that we're so geographically dispersed and some organizations are 100% remote, right? You no longer have those serendipitous moments where you might just be, you know, in the lunch line or in the elevator or washing your hands in the loo, right? I mean, none of those things now um, run, run up to you um, because you're just all working out of your home office. 
Um, so the other ways to network is to attend meetings, um, to ask to be invited, to really lean in when they speak, especially if it's in a public forum. So for senior executives and when they, if they have all staff meetings, really taking notes and hearing out for the messages about the things that they believe are strategically important to their work and to that of the organization. Here at HVP, all of our goals are published. They're available. So at any given time, you can see what someone in any other department is working on. So it's a real easy way to peek under the hood and say, what's important to the chief marketing officer right now? What is it that the sales head of that unit is trying to do? And what are the networks? What are the pieces of work? What are the opportunities that I can get involved in, even if it's purely developmental? I mean, I think sometimes um, we wait for people to serve them up on a platter when I think sometimes it is, hey, that seems really interesting. I'd like to get involved in some way. These are one or two ways that I can get involved. And perhaps some of it is just shadowing, but these are some real specific contributions I can make. Um, but I think a lot of times we just miss the opportunity to really listen. Um, because I think our executives are consistently messaging what it is they're trying to accomplish, or that is they should be consistently messaging what it is really important for them to achieve. And then finding ways to marry up their work with your own so that your work has a chance to be visible. Fidelo Inc. is a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance, and we're proud to support the HR Chat Podcast. We help identify strategic competencies and behaviors that drive results. Our team offers an HR web software to manage systems, reports, and data for HR people that need the best insights to make the right decisions and achieve better results. Learn more at Fidelo.com. I subscribe to the idea that, unfortunately, uh, a, a big impression is made the very first time you meet someone. Uh, impressions can change and you can develop your relationships over time. Absolutely, of course, that's, that's that. But uh, biologically, we are programmed to uh, m make decisions about people when we first meet them and, and uh, make that first impression we hear about quite a lot, you know. Yes. Um, so how to make a good impression? You are someone who has has climbed that ladder, is very successful in the corporate world, of course. Uh, what, what, what makes for a great first impression? So a really interesting piece of advice, Bill, that I recently read was don't speak quickly. Um, because it can leave people with the impression that you are nervous and that um, you're uncomfortable with perhaps pitching or managing up. So being really intentionally, just to kind of speak slowly with intention and with purpose is actually a really good bit of advice. I think we all have a tendency to speak quickly when we're nervous, and that doesn't always inspire confidence. So just even taking a beat when someone says, hi, what do you do? taking a minute to say, well, these are the three things that I do every day that really impact what it is the organization's trying to achieve. And just taking a beat before rushing headlong into the answer. So that conveys a thoughtfulness. It gives you a moment to collect your thoughts. You can be a little bit more articulate than if you were just sort of spouting things off as they spontaneously come to mind. So speaking clearly and slowly um, can be really helpful in making that first impression. Okay, thank you very much. You were the closing speaker at the People 2030 conference uh, back on November 2nd and 3rd, I saw on your LinkedIn. Uh, the event focused on future-proofing the workforce. It offered attendees ways to learn how to better cultivate purpose, unleash workforce potential, and boost productivity using tech, innovation, and engagement. 
Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So my piece was about the role of human resources in really promoting transparency in an organization. I think in particular, um, the workforce that is entering the organization is accustomed to having so much information at their fingertips, right? And there's really very little delayed gratification. You want something, you can have it delivered to your house in an hour. You want information, it's Google at your fingertips. And now with AI, everything is even more accelerated. So the expectation of information at your organization is I, I should know everything that is going on right now as I'm asking for it. And while I think some of that has helped to break open the black boxes of what used to be really sacred subjects in organizations, transparency to me means information when you need it, as you need it. And so it's not completely, let's, let's you know, break, completely break open the code and share everything. Um, there has to be a reason and a purpose. And there are four key areas in which organizations can really practice transparency to drive engagement and boost productivity. One of them is pay, and we're increasingly see pay transparency laws being passed across the U.S. and indeed in the EU in three years, there's going to be a very significant piece of legislation that will mandate pay transparency. Um, your norms, how does an organization make decisions? What's their tolerance for risk? What are your strategic priorities? What are the goals that you need to achieve? And then the last pillar is internal mobility. How, how do you have a career um, that looks good. What does that look like? And I think most organizations don't have a really good structure or vocabulary um, to help explain to employees why they haven't yet climbed the ladder. And I think when managers and employees can have really open and candid conversations, that makes for great engagement because it's predictable um, and it can be planned. And um, there's good reason for when people fall short. So that was what my talk was about. Okay, rock and roll. Thank you very much. Uh, you've also led sessions in the past on how organizations can and should budget proof their DEI efforts. Can you, as we are wrapping up this interview, uh, one more question just after this one, can you um, leave our listeners with some tips around this? Yeah. So, I mean, the upshot of that bill is that whatever you do that is good for the organization is actually good for DEI. So your DEI programming, quote unquote, shouldn't really live as a separate work stream. You can be more focused, for example, on hiring people for non-traditional backgrounds or that are not in the majority. But if, for example, if we go back to the subject of internal mobility, if you are clear around what that looks like, what the behavioral expectations are, what the experiences are required for a particular role in order to move up, that will also promote um, opportunities for your diverse employee population. If you want to make sure that your job descriptions are biased free from the kind of language that tends to appeal more to one population than another, that lifts all boats as well. So the premise is if you, again, practice transparency, if you over communicate expectations, if you're clear about the norms in the organization, that is good for your diversity efforts and it is also good for the business. So they really converge very nicely. And I think where organizations fall short is they put DEI to on one side and they say, well, let's just do these things. When actually, if they're solving the greater business problem, they will also solve the challenges that confront them as DEI. Okay, thank you very much. Just finally, today i know I, I can't believe the time's gone already angela we have to, uh, we'll just have to get you back on the show again in the future but just finally for today how can our listeners connect with you oh 
Easy. I am the only Angela Cheng Simony on LinkedIn. And if you reference uh, that we've talked today here in the Bill Bannon show, um, I'd be happy to connect. Wonderful. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Angela, thank you very much for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.